So um, just finding some, trying to find some ways to help uh, wrap up what I can offer and give you the confidence, the allowance to find your your way, your own way it has to be it has to be your own way, <coughs> um, the way that's not self, of course. <laughs> of course, <laughs> just just that little get that little thing out of the way, and you're fine. <laughs> So as I say, self is not not a real thing. It's it's a, it's a habit. It's a kind of way in which um, energies and vitalities form into patterns that have their purpose and their limitations. It's good to know who you are. The same person every day, more or less. You know, wake up in the morning, you have to figure everything out all over again. <laughs> it's nice some kind of retaining pattern. This, this is the me bit, that's the you bit. You know. that's, uh, so, why do we, you know, if there is no self, why do we keep having one? <laughs> so, it's not that there isn't, but the self is a pattern that has its benefits for a sense of um, distinction, distinguishing, you know, for localization of experience. You know. But it is a pattern, uh, uh, and it does get afflicted when um, it tries to stand apart from experience in some ways, either by controlling experience, avoiding experience, fixing experience, um, you know, becoming, becoming, you know, holding experience, fearing experience, railing against experience. You know. And the experience we're looking at really is the, is the very immediate experience of, of presence. You actually fight against your own presence. Because the presence gets identified with a sound or a sight or a thought or a, an object of some kind. Yeah. So then we, we fight against the, that or we try to hold that and then the things get rigid. This sense of, uh, you know, object identification. We don't actually think I am a car or, you know, whatever. But still, there's an energy that reaches out and holds that. Um, Really, what what we're with is is not those objects. We're with the what those objects trigger. We're with the knowing of those objects the knowing of sights and sounds. So it's not that we're just kind of nowhere and all that stuff doesn't count. But with, we're really in the, with or in the knowing of that. And the knowing of that is not intellectual, conceptual. It's a knowing which is sensing of that, a resonance of that, a, a being affected by that, and somehow having an intelligence of that, which is not intellectual intelligence, but very primary. It can manifest intellect can manifest that 
it can manifest verbalization, it can manifest um, moods and feeling shifts, mm. it can manifest forms, you know, densities, pressures, bodies. So, you know, this kind of, uh, and yet, we're, you know, we actually, in meditation, we're just kind of come back to the mo- most immediate. Mm. So it's not the answer to the question that we're looking for, but we're trying to actually feel the sense of doubt. Uh, it's not the, you know, uh, how to f- how to make the world work, but the sense of overwhelmed by it all, or frustrated by it all. If we touch into that, work with that, then that clarity then can proceed towards, you know, whatever object, the object that we're tending to or something you become you come into presence where there's the full capacity and intelligence to you know to do what you can I suppose all our lives in some ways are made worthwhile by the, the ability for that that information that intelligence that awareness to extend and touch and you know affect or at least make itself known and make itself apparent so we serve because a serving or helping is 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 loving in a way is the, is the kind of natural mode of that that, that opens that possibility and then what is it that stops that happening that is a that's our obstacle However, that manifests. I feel useless. I feel disempowered. I feel stupid. I feel angry, frustrated, frightened. No, you know, so it, it clamps, shuts down, doesn't it? And then, we, as we're aware of that, we resist that. We fight against that particular experience. Uh, the presence is, is, in a way, is always there, and sometimes it's reminding us of uh, how closed we, the experience, our experience can get. You know? and, but this is not the end of the story. It's just saying, just telling you, reminding you, you know, this is what it feels like. Okay? So you feel your way through that. Extend your awareness past that edge is the practice. Extend your awareness. You know, it's like you've got a wrapping. You're wrapped in something. Now extend your awareness through that wrap through that wrapping of body, of thought, mood, feeling, extend it. At least move it, you know. So you don't just get, one doesn't get, just get locked into that. Or, 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 or somehow feel that, that that thought or that mood, that feeling is going to be your, your refuge. You know, it's what you actually want or need to have. So Buddha is saying even the Buddha's teachings are things that, you know, the verbalization of that is something that's just the wrapping so you shouldn't cling to that use it to to almost like you keep sounding against that to hear your own sound to hear your own pulse to hear your own life as you touch into against those wonderful teachings and presentations their means Hmm. Um, but but their means to, to awaken to awaken to, to awaken that quality, 
you know, we call it a quality, the aliveness, the, the presence, the awareness, the awakeness. So one isn't, you know, you don't find it's oneself con- kind of confused by these um, these objects. You know, there's talking about the the internal objects, the internal contact objects, the you know the psychologies, the structuring, the, uh, the identification with. Well, uh, actually, you know, the, the, one of the openness and the beauty of Buddha's presentation is it. it always avoids an ultimate what or an ultimate who. What is it? What is the truth? Who you know, where am what is the ultimate truth? And the Buddha says, Well I teach suffering and the cessation of suffering. You know, yeah, but what's the thing that you get? Well you don't you don't can't figure that out. Oh, that's interesting. Is it like this? Is it like is it peaceful? Well yeah you could say it's so you can tell you how it is, how it is, but not what it is. Because you know, Buddhism is all about the hows. It's not about I am actually limitless light. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Be limitless light, boundless effulgence, sublime, loving bliss of the universe. <laughs> nice, huh? There's some take, there's some very nice wrapping. Yeah. But so the Buddha rigorously kept, you know, moving away from the what. So you don't need to know this. So ever since the Buddha said you don't need to know this, people have been trying to figure out what he meant, what he was covering up, you know. <laughs> What happens to it? Where does the targeter go when he dies? You don't need to know that. That's interesting. I wonder where, why he said that. What he really, really, really at? What is the nature of Buddha? You don't need to know this. It's not necessary to know this. Oh, why is it? Well, that's interesting. So we write, you know, a commentary, an essay, and explore nature of Buddhas. Uh, but it, it actually avoids the what because what always aims for a noun, isn't it? It aims for some kind of noun, some substance, some kind of thing that's holds, that's uh, permanent, hold, held, and we approach it through the mind that wants to hold. We approach it through the mind that wants the fixity, because the fixity is the thing that we associate with somehow feeling safe and settled. And it's this: this is the, the fundamental habit, clinging. Desire, clinging, or craving, clinging, becoming, k- k- click, you know, birth, uh, object, thing. I am a thing. Yeah. And if I am a thing, then I'm a thing, continues through time, and then at the end of it, you know, donk, end of thing, breaks up. Pretty grim to be a thing. You know, kind of lumpy universe of things clashing around. And because when there's, when there's things, there's got to be there's either one thing, which is kind of weird, isn't it? Or if there's, if there's two or three things, then how do they 
how do they get on with each other? <laughs> so anyway, you're going to sense the mind's movement towards a what? What is what is awareness? What's presence? What's nibbana? What's Buddha? What's the mind? Can I control my mind? Can I stop my mind? You know, and there's that famous, um, you know, Zen um, anecdote of the Bodhidharma, you know, the old Zen patriarch sitting up in the snow, and the disciple comes to meet him and says, "Oh, please, 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 give me the truth, give me the truth." And Bodhidharma sits there, you know, not bothering with that. And it says, you know, you're really you're interested in it. So the disciple cuts off his arm and says, here's my arm. You know, this is, an anic- this is a kind of parable, I hope. <laughs> Grizzly. Says, no. says, no. So Polydamon says, okay, I, I get the point. You know, you've got some commitment there. Um, <laughs> so... What do you want to know? And uh, the disciple says, "Well, you know, well, I'm uh, trying all these years. You know, how I can't do it? How can I? What? You know, I can't. I can't control. I can't stop my mind. I can't control my mind. I can't calm my mind." So Bodhidharma says, "Well, okay. We'll give you a mind, and I'll control it for you. Where is your mind?" Uh, <laughs> So it seems like a thing when we are overwhelmed by it or try to grasp it or try to make it into something, it becomes a thing because we relate to it in in an object-forming way, in a thing-forming way. And, And so our experience can be one of having these things, these objects, my body's a thing, my, my mind's a thing, there's this nasty bit here, that's a lump there. There's this stuff, my stuff, or my thingy, or my things. And we relate to them in the way that we relate to, to objects. They look at it clearly, see it's out there, do something with it. You know, so you, you, one gets this kind of process going, and it gets very busy trying to deal with all these things in order that we can have something else, some better thing. And so this is a kind of a view and an approach you have to radically overhaul. This is what Impermanence, insubstantiality is about taking the, the hardness out of things or not instilling hardness into things. Let it change, let it shift, let it move, let it come up, let it swell, let it rise, let it descend, let it fall, let it pass, let it come. And some of these things we'd rather like them to, or you know, pass, 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 you can pass, be, in, you know, be impermanent, go on, oops, out the door. <laughs> And some of them we like to say, you can come this way, you can come this way, <laughs> you can arise, but 
but they don't do that, you know, because it's still, it's not radical enough, you know, it's not radical enough, there's still, there's still a thing there trying to hold them and make them happen, and this, this is the, the big thing, and we deal with this big thing, the other things start to take care of themselves, the big thing is, is the, the accumulative, defended self, and so uh, practice really, you know, when you get in some depths, is actually trying to undo that cumulative, hungry, abandoned, uncertain, you know, thing that makes me want to accumulate, make, brings that energy into play, or the overwhelmed, shocked, you know, sense that makes you want to keep things out. And essentially, you extend awareness because awareness is your really the ultimate refuge. And if that's that gets large, it's got the capacity to to uh, extend through things. So you feel the thing, the thing arising. You feel it in the body. You feel where it is, and you feel the space around it. You feel the movement of it. You feel the rhythm of it. So essentially, you try to attune to the mobile, the, the how a thing happens, rather than what it is. You see the difference, rather than this is anger, this is fear, it's the how it is, it's this sense of a surging, or a tightening, or a moving, or a freezing, or a, you know, it's a doingness. And if we, what does it need? So our response to that is, is dynamic, rather than substantive, not what does it need? So if we start to get a way of responding to that, which is a lot more about dynamic. How should I do? How should I be with this? How to, how to be with this? What will enable me to be with it? You know, what space, what, res, what space do I need to be with it? What encouragements do I need to be with it? What, um, and, and so on. So you might say the breathing, you know, I can be because I can breathe in it. I can breathe through it. I can breathe in it. You know, so there's a sense of that rhythm, that that steady un rhythm that I don't have to do. It happens. It's a natural, you know, rhythm. You know, I can, when I can be with that, that, that helps because it, it takes away the locked state or the gasping, contracted state. You can feel that. It is, is, it is a skillful means. And again, this is a skillful means. It's not something to, to get rigid about. So breathing is not a thing. It's not, breathing is not the breath. The mind is not the mind. The body is not the body. The breathing is not the breath. Uh, breathing is, is a continual howness, how something moves and changes and shifts that we call breathing, and that may change for you. It may be something you feel physical, uh, strongly physical. It may be something that seems to be large and wide or narrow, shallow, fine. Um, air could be vibrancy, radiance, warmth, light. You, know, you, can, you can take up a number of colors and tones, because that's the, that's the nature of, of dynamic. You know. It doesn't. It never is a thing. It's, it, it appears. It is an appearance. 
form is really a behavior, you know, a, a behavior that one can attune to. How does it behave? So however you, however you tune into that, point I'd like to, to, to make is, is a sense of, you know, the meaning of breathing. It's, it's dynamic, it changes, it shifts, it permeates, it suffuses. I say that because cause it isn't that the breathing is, is the only one and only vehicle for liberation. It's, it's a nice one because it, everybody does it. Um, and it's there all the time. And you, or it happens, we don't do it, it happens, it's there all the time. So that's, that's kind of great, you know, it's the home, home planet, if you like. But, uh, and it take, takes us into this, uh, through these layers of experience. Somebody that was just mentioning practicing metta, and this is also, you know, wonderful. If it's because it can also bring up that quality of something that suffuses, permeates, radiates, uh, and uh, you know any any teaching that people give, or at least the ones that I give, there's always got there's always a yeah but you know because <laughs> you can't say it all. Uh, it's too much. So yeah, but meta is fine. Yeah, but sound of silence is fine. Yeah, but you know whatever. Uh, as long as it's got that, you can get that sense with it. Because what what happens is when whenever uh, an ex- you tune into an experience that has this quality of of energy to it, then it comes to the same place. You, you, because it's not a thing you're looking for, but a particular how, how I am energized, how I am energetic. It doesn't mean you know wildly thrashing around energy, but that soft, that subtlety of energy, that moving of energy, that delight of energy, that aliveness of, of energy, that that fluency, that responsiveness of energy. How it can shift and shiver and be strong and soften and spread and you know that that's it. You know. That's that's the that's the the, the way. Now we can make any of these uh, senses and, and ways into. You can make meta into a thing, you know, throwing lumps of meta around. That is something you've got to do. So you crank it out, <laughs> and there's the meta for the ducks. The, Pigeons, the animals, the insects, uh, gradually work up the evolutionary channel, the chain, or down, depending which way you look at it, to the humans. <laughs> Some of them seem to be down, <laughs> down the chain. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, to the whatever, you know. So, so then it can be another kind of, oh my goodness, tired. Uh, uh, you know, one isn't really breathing it out, one isn't letting it flow out. Because when we take loving kindness as a, as an ideology, it could be turned into another. You should do this. You've come. You've got to do. Why can't you do this? Yeah. What's wrong with you? You're not very loving. You're not. You know. It becomes <laughs> not very warm-hearted, and so see how that all can freeze up like that.
It's the how. How do we live our life breathingly? How do we think, speak breathingly? You know, which means there's a rhythm to it. There's changes, there's stillnesses. There's a sense of it reaches out, it moves out, and it, it uh, it's dependent. It reaches out, but it also reaches back because the the quality of breathing is it is very, it's also completely intimate. It penetrates. It comes back to the core, so it's something that connects the most intimate, sensed, effective core, and can extend out to space. Uh, so this whole span when we breathe out and we breathe in you, you really it's amazing when you can actually really let yourself dwell in the full implications of breathing out and breathing in how everything you know from out there can come in everything in here can come out and that it, it, it doesn't get lost it's not like you're going to snatch a lifetime's worth of air in one go and take it all in and hold it forever. I've got my stash. <laughs> you know, it's a moment of the time you get get what you need, which is great news. And what you need is not going to be this is enough forever. It's going to be this is enough till the next. We'll see how it goes, and then trust that you will breathe in again. How to live one's life breathingly. The senses all connect because to live breathingly is to live lovingly. To live breathingly is to live compassionately. To live breathingly is to live authentically, to live with your, your intimacy and your sense of trust in that and allowing that to extend, see where it goes. So this is the, the the quality of assurance, calm, which is not necessarily you know that calm, but it's a, an inner calm, not just a, a, a lower um, or a quieter energy state. It's a sense of calm and assurance in trust in the in the rhythms in that and what it is that's rhythmic, what it is that has pulse and flow and suffusion and uh, intimacy and these kind of uh, qualities. You can trust the how, but you, you, you can't trust the what, trust the, trust the how. And so there's, it, can, it also leaves the mind openness about what. You know, if you fix oneself, fix others, 
fix the world, fix people into this is this, that's that, it's never this, it's always that, it's going to be this, it can't be that. And you can feel the breathing stops, it checks, it's kind of, there's the frustration, there's the shutdownness, there's the overwhelm. Well, you come, come back from that to what's affecting now is the sense of um, fear or anxiety. Yeah. I can't deal with, right now, with you know, global catastrophes and so forth, right now, in this particular moment, but I can at least deal with the frustration, the fear, the rage, doesn't, when I say deal with that, I don't mean annul it, but actually I can breathe into that, breathe into that. And so that there's a kind of, um, you know, the quality of presence when we, we t- touch into how things affect us and guide our actions. There's a need for firmness, there's a need for strength, there's a need for courage that comes out of... of um, Balancing, integrating, and and so the negative patterns, when they're held in a balanced way, can become sort of positive patterns. You know, so that the sense of anger or frustration or irritation can become a sense of commitment, purpose, courage. Let's do this. You've got to do this. If I don't do this, I'm going to end up just feeling bottled up, frustrated. So whether it works or not, there's a how that one does this. You feel sometimes that the the sense of um, grief in loss, death, separation, tragedies, and again one can go into this kind of overwhelmed, flattened. Oh, what can you do? You know, um, there's so much to do. What can you do? And the things tighten, and there's a loss there. So, I, can I? unwrap that, the, the fear, the trembling, the grief or whatever, however it's felt, just to be with this so that there's something may come that's serene, compassionate, loving, devotional. Mm-hmm. So you, you see the, these afflictions, if they breathe through, can turn into something that gives us specific uh, relational direction for this particular time, this particular occasion, this particular moment. This presence, the present awareness is all that you have. So however weird and wacky the colorings that come up, that's, that's what you have, that's what's there. So the truth has to come through that somehow, because you know, that's, that's where you are, that's what you have. As long as you try to cut that off, f- fighting against your own presence, a presence that's got mangled up or confused or constricted, but you, you can't cut it off. It's like, you know, you say you've got bad breath or something, you can't, stopping breathing is not going to make it any better. So we we can do this kind of surgery thing, and result of this you get a kind of dogmatic mind, a shut down mind, a mind in denial, a mind in frustration. It gives me 
a mind that, that, that you know, is like that. It's kind of, you know, I feel okay, you know, because it, it, it closes, and this is, you know, big, big problem that we see, we notice around us, fundamentalism, closing of the mind, can't handle ambiguities, stuck on dogmas, stuck on ideologies, stuck on religions, stuck on beliefs, stuck on so on and so on and so on. You know, can't handle the ineffable, the thing that means we can never say what. We can only act how. Whether action is just between, you know, my thought and my heart. If it's just that much action, still, I know I I want to be able to do that, and maybe it will come you know, to a larger sphere. But in meditation we're very dealing really with this, this little bit here, you know, between the, you know, just untangling the presence. So it can be just getting some sense of, some dynamic between my thought and my heart, my heart and my body, my body and the space around me. Some, you know, we're just working on this bit because this is this is the bit that is perhaps you know the, the whole the main theme of the Buddha's teaching is saying well, this is what I can do. This is what the Buddha said. I can do this bit. You know, I don't know anything about irrigation. I don't know anything about pest control, whatever. You know, but I know this bit. And if you get this bit right, then it's as good as it can be. You know, you do as good as you can. This is all I can show you. Is this teaching? And you feel a sense of your life is full and you're content with yourself because it's clean and it's able to move and breathe. So whichever, however your vehicle is, the vehicles that you use, then the ability to to extend awareness to to clear presence. So sharing of merit, prayer, breathing in, breathing out, listening, listening to space. You know, these are all ways in which we um, can reach that, the sense of almost an innocence, which is just about how, how, the howness. So just take leave to leave it there and hand it over.
This talk was given by Ajahn Susido at Insight Meditation Society on April 30, 2005. It is an offering of the